の日守ると決めた約束はこの And welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. This week, it is just going to be me, Andrew Nimsgren, a.k.a. the Big Business Hero Advert, alongside Apothecary, or you may know him better as James Graham. We'll be holding down the fort while Dylan is, I actually don't know where Dylan is today. He just said he could not make it, so we said, okay, we're going to do it without you. Because this is such a good episode, we're not gonna not do an episode because you're not here. Yeah, no, this is like, like if it was any, I like I, I'm gonna sit here and say if it was any other episode, I could justify like putting this off for a week. But this one was just man, it just it had me all feelsy. So I'm uh, yeah, no, no, sorry, Dylan, we're pushing forward. Yeah, we're like right? we talked about last week, two Kirishima episodes in one season is I don't think what anyone one thirteenth of the season overall is guaranteed to be Kirishima plus Fatcom. Um, which is not what I expected considering how I'm mean, he always got love in the last couple seasons, but he's got a lot of love. I really don't feel like it's over for him. I feel like we'll probably get one more heavy episode around him this season, just kind of talking through everything that happened today with him. Mm-hmm. I could kind of see him, Fatcom and Amajiki having another episode with their kind of little agency. Um, yeah, after like, I, kind of wrapping up this whole arc. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's, uh, it's it, like, it, it's so heavily focused on the three of them. Where it's weird because we have the other agency, which has uh, um, Ochaku and, uh, and Froppy, who you're like... And we've got no... And we have no we idea what they're doing. all since that one episode. <laughs> yeah, there's... They've got like three minutes of screen time this entire season. They're still at the front gate, I think, fighting that big dude, I think. I don't know. But yeah. So, I'm happy it's, about this. I'm stoked. It's weird, but I'm enjoying it so much. And let's not talk too much about how much we enjoyed the episode. Let's talk about the episode. But first... No big announcements, anything kind of like that. Um, As a reminder, next week or the week following, James? I'm bad at I think dates. it's the week following, I believe. The 28th. Yes, the 28th we will not be doing an episode, so next week we will be doing an episode. Still, all three of us should be back. And then the following week we will be taking it off because of holidays. And then coming back and doing two episodes the following week, so just a reminder for that. But otherwise, we're still a new podcast. Please make sure to leave that five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you do listen to. Pull over on the side of the road right now and do it because it means that much to us. And thank you to everyone that has been watching, listening, and enjoying the content so far. But I'll hand it over to you, James, for the last little rigmarole before we jump into today's episode. Yeah, the last little bit of nonsense I'll spew before we get into it. Um, so if you guys do have any suggestions for something that we should add to the show, that we should add as a you know a nice supplementary to our usual stick. Um, let us know. Um, you can tweet to us on Twitter at popped underscore off, or you can reach out to us at uh, contact at poppedoff.com. But with that, let's jump into episode nine of season four, Red Riot. The episode opens up following up from last week's Amajiki episode where we we're seeing him very beaten up a lot more than it seemed like he was last week, talking to the three villains that he had beat, saying how the octopus poison is now inside of him. You're not quite going to die, but you're nef- definitely not going to be walking by your own anytime soon. And then he proceeds to walk towards the door to go out and catch up with the rest of the group, but then falls and seems like he passes out. Not exactly sure, but he is clearly in very rough shape and he's not going or walking by himself anytime soon either. 
The rest of their group continues to explore the underground, pretty much uncontested right now. They find that a little suspicious. They discover that um, Iranaka, Mimic is Mimic, what I'm just going to yeah, call him. Call him, that's call him Mimic, is. Yeah. I'm calling him Mimic from here on out. Yeah. Um, hasn't really been bothering him. And Aizawa makes the assumption that um, he probably can't control the entire underground. And that's more than likely he can only control one part because his quirk, even boosted, can only do so much. Um, but then all of a sudden, Eraser does catch a glimpse of Mimic passing by them on the wall. Back upstairs, Bubble Girl is talking to some of the grunts of the Shihasaki. They're just kind of saying how their old boss used to be all about chivalry, very much like Hiroshima, and how they, he never really liked being known as an organized crime group. He wanted to be honorable, he wanted to be chivalrous, but he still wanted to make it by and support the people under him. But since overhauls came into the fact that it is much more an organized villain group, he's brought in outside villains. He now no longer cares as much about the men underneath them, and a lot of his men underneath don't care for him either. But they do understand how strong he is, and they are incredibly intimidated and afraid they will be killed if they oppose him in any way. Mimic suddenly back downstairs, make an arm out of the wall to try to push Aizawa into a different room, very much like they did at the beginning of last episode when um, Amajiki had to fight the three bullets. However, Kirishima and Bakum both jump in front and push Aizawa out of the way and end up in the different room instead. A huge guy with very large muscles <laughs> that we know as Rappa comes out of nowhere and punches Kirishima while in his unbreakable form. But his unbreakable form is not as unbreakable as we like to think, and he's sent flying back into the wall, being crushed and having some of his hardening shattered. Fat Gum retaliates back with some punches of his own, but a barrier blocks his way, and a second villain, Tengai, appears out of the darkness. He gives some speech about uh, spear and shield versus shield and shield, and all this kind of underlying things. This goes on throughout the entire episode. Not really going to make any mention beyond that because it seems kind of a weird thing, but they're pretty much saying, like, hey, these two are just defensive heroes. We have one offensive, one defensive. You guys have no chance. Um, going on from that, the punches from Rappa are strong enough to actually hurt Fatgum even after his absorption. It's clear that it's something he cannot take forever. Fatgum challenges Rappa to see who will win, Rappa's punches or how long Fatgum can hold out to draw the attention away from Kirishima and to do his secret move that we do learn about later on in the episode. Tengai promises not to use his barrier in this fight, as Rappa seems a little unstable and only cares about fighting to the death, and at one point tries to punch through the barrier of Tengai, his ally. So it's very much clear that Rappa's only here to kill and to fight, and that's all he really wants. Kirishima, back in the back of the room, is questioning himself, unable to move, and very, very afraid, fear filling his eyes. It flashes back to learning a little bit more about Kirishima that we made a mention to back in his very first episode. We caught glimpses of this, but we do get the full story now. Back in high school, Kirishima was just kind of known as an organized, like an ordinary person. His quirk made him just a little bit harder. It wasn't quite as strong as it was now, but he always had a very good heart, always trying to act chivalrous and acting manly, like his he favorite hero, Crimson Riot. He tried to save a kid that was being bullied, but in the end, he couldn't. The, one of the bullies threw a giant rocket in his face, and he kind of gave up. And then Mina um, came out of nowhere, started breakdancing with all three of them, the two <laughs> bullies and the one being bullied, and somehow they all became best friends and moved on. And no one really questions how that works, but I guess we won't either. 
Um, we kind of learn more about Mina's going to apply for UA. It's expected that she gets in because she's popular. Her quirk is super strong. She gets along with everyone, and she has that flashy pink skin. Uh, pink skin. My goodness. There you go. And she just has that quirk that's going to make her very marketable, unlike Kirishima. And Kirishima just goes on thinking about how ordinary people like me do not get into UA. But later on that day, after talking about it and Kirishima still wanting to go to UA, he's unable to move when two girls from his class that was hanging out with Mina earlier in the day are being kind of hovered over by this big menacing villain-like character asking of where a certain hero agency is. Not being able to go in, he's in the same moment as he is in current time, unable to move, afraid, and afraid of dying. But all of a sudden, Mina jumps in front of him and gives him directions to the police station and tells all three of them run away. This really takes an emotional impact on Kirishima, making him realize that he's not really a hero in his eyes. He doesn't move. He doesn't do. He doesn't react when something is being needed. Later on that night, after he scratches out the UA as being his number one options for high school, he finds a hollow puck-like item of his favorite hero, Crimson Riot, talking to a reporter. He talks about, of course he's afraid of death. Of course he's always afraid of every single battle he goes in. But what is even worse is one time he was unable to save someone when he was just an intern or sidekick. And that that fear of seeing someone die in front of him rather than dying himself is such a greater fear that that is what motivates him to keep pushing through. And this kind of reassures Kirishima in a lot of ways that he had heard the um, events that happened with Baku and Deku, Deku in the very first episode of where Bakugou was captured and Deku just reacts by nature. That There are some people like that, but there's also people like Crimson Riot that are afraid. Like, it's okay to be afraid. Everyone's afraid when you go in. I think he said, "Are you, do you think I'm stupid? Of course I'm afraid to die, <laughs> I think was his line. And kind of going on with that, and that really kind of reassured Kirishima in a lot of things. The next day, he goes on and apologizes to the two girls that he didn't save, even though they're like, who are you? Like, it's fine, like, whatever. Anyone would have done the same thing. And he dedicates himself to training and studying and eventually gets into UA as we know. Right then, as the last scene of the flashback, we do see Kirishima with his now historic red hair that we all know and love. It did not even hit me until this point that he had black hair in all the other flashbacks because I didn't even look at it. I was just so <laughs> used to seeing it. So when Mina called it on, I'm like, wait, what? It's dyed. Um, it's, it's been dyed all this time, right? <laughs> like Dyed and spiky. Yeah. It's great. Um, But she's like, um, don't get too ahead of yourself you're trying to act cool and all that but she's like that day really had an impact on you yes and he's like yeah so what about it she's like well don't get ahead of yourself and once you get over it let me know and i'll let everyone know you're just trying to be cool for high school i didn't totally get that last line there i'd love to talk with you a little bit yeah about for that sure yeah we'll, we'll get into it that's just kind of ending the flashback didn't seem as powerful as the rest of it mm -hmm. but we can chat about that but we do go back to the current time where we see that Fat Gum can absorb all of the energy from the punches he is taking. That is why he uh, employed that strategy, just to take as much punches as he can. But it's very clear that he's not going to hold out long enough to use his master punch on one with all the energy stored up. Kirishima suddenly jumps in front, getting even harder and stopping all of Rappa's punches and eventually punching back at Rappa. But Tenga does put a shield up and Kirishima ultimately falls out of energy, doing everything that he can. They go on like, well, all that energy is kind of in vain. But then Fatgum, hot, hot Fatgum, fat who's gum, now yeah. <laughs> 600 pounds lighter, has blonde hair, uses the ultimate punch and busts through Tenga's shield and sends him and Rappa flying against the wall, ultimately knocking them out. But both of them are not looking in great shape. But they did survive another episode. 
And that is when one of my favorite outro songs of all time still, still comes in and the episode ends. It's really good. Yeah, I'll give you that. Absolutely. So we uh, let's go from the top. Let's go from the top of how this all starts because, uh, yeah, we get that nice little we get that nice little like uh, we get that bit of closure with Amajiki and the three villains. And you, you come to find out that Amajiki's had the crap kicked out of him. And he ends up passing out from exhaustion afterwards. Right. And, uh, you know, and like, and still it goes to, it cuts the fat gum and fat gum still like, I don't know why you guys don't trust this dude. Like you guys need to believe in this guy. Cause he's freaking crazy. Right. So like, I mean, it like as, as this arc and as this like season has progressed, like fat gum has just become such a more likable character as you go on, because he's very, like, he's very rough and kind of like, you know, like he talks, like most of his things have abbreviations. Like he's like, he's, he talks in a lot of slang and stuff. Right. But he's just, he's just like a likable, like down to earth dude. Right. Another thing I want, I do want to touch on before we get into the rest of the episode is that the overarching theme seems to be chivalry. They talk about that a lot. And I know you typically watch the sub and the dub. Did you do that this time around? No, I've only been watching both subs. You've only been watching both subs. Just because they're not out on Hulu before I um, have time to uh, record this. So one thing I do want to touch, like I want to see basically going in, I'll probably bring this up next week when we go into it, is I want to see if the English translation goes right over the chivalry. Because how they represent chivalry as they're kind of talking about it is it's not really what we know as chivalry, right? Like chivalry is very like associated with knighthood and everything like that. But this, they really associated with almost, I don't want to say machoism, but almost like to a point of like just general manliness, you know what I mean? So, and always do like, always like, and now the protecting part is kind of right, but that's really the, I think the only theme that really lines up with the two of them. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, I agree. And it is something that kind of came up and I thought it was a really weird thing for them to bring up when they're talking to the grunts from the, Shihaski about how the old man used to be all about chivalry and seeing that kind of comparison in Kirishima and obviously Red Riot yeah and just kind of seeing how all these connections are I really like I don't know if it's going to have a really big impact on everything like oh maybe the old guy the Shihaski sees Kirishima like oh you're really chivalrous like yeah let's like let's well, stop fighting like, I don't think it's going to have an impact like that but I feel like it's brought up too many times and it's such a coincidence of an episode where Kirishima talks nothing about chivalry and Crimson Riot, and then they also bring that up when talking about the Shihaski. Yeah, the old dude, I don't know yeah. if that's just, like, all the really good, like, kind of all the honorable leaders yeah. are just that way, I th- or if it has a bigger overarching theme. Yeah, it almost makes me think that they're almost, like, using the word, like, is, like, a double for, like, honor, honorable and stuff like that. Because, I mean, like... I really think so too. I think yeah. that those are used in different ways. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm gonna be interested because I'm gonna go probably watch the dub on Funimation just to see if there's a if there's a quick comparison, right? So, um, but yeah, no, because they, they they that is the overarching theme, right? So, but yeah, going into that, like, I mean, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about how the they're talking about how with overhaul coming in, it's like a new regime. They're villains. They're not. They're not a criminal yeah. organization. They're not organized. They're not organized. Yeah, organized crime organization. Yeah. They're in a villain organization. Exactly, which is like... That's high. Yeah, which they didn't... Why so many people are afraid. And that's just it. They, they don't want it. Because, yeah, they, they so they talk about... They, they have this brief little spiel on sanity and everything like that. And it's like... We should, Bubble Girl asked him, he's like, are you guys insane for, like, running out and, like, doing this without even thinking? He's like, no, no, no. We're the sane ones. Because we know if we don't do this, we're, we're dead anyways, right? Like, I mean... Yeah. So... And then, he, then and like, it's a nice little segue into Rappa because, like... He talks about like the the sane ones, the the ones who aren't sane and they're the most dangerous are the ones who don't look for the look towards the future. They only look in the now, right? And that's this kind of the segue into 
Fat Gum and Kirishima's fight with Tenge and, and Rappa, which I really liked Tenge and Rappa, like, aesthetically. Like, I was a big fan of both of them. I liked Rappa because he was, like, yeah, he only wanted to, like, really fight, but, I mean, he wasn't, like, a dick. He wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, the other three. No, he just wanted to fight. Yeah, he exactly, right? He, he wasn't, like, being malicious. He's, like, I like you, fat guy. Yeah, like, exactly. You're getting into this. This is fun. Yeah, like, it, he just wants nothing more in his life than to fight. Exactly, right? And that made me really like the character, too, because I'm, like, well, you're not, like, I mean, you're basically just kind of directed and told where to go sort of thing, but you kind of have your own code that you kind of stick by, right? Yeah. So, and, like, Tenge was, like, like I mean, the spear and the shield analogy, like, I mean, it was pretty straightforward and blatant. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of depth to that. Yeah. Right? Um, and, like, it, it was nice, too, because we didn't really know what Fatcom's power was going into this. We had no idea what he really did. We just knew shock absorption. That's yeah, all we, we knew. knew. Exactly. We knew because he, like, absorbed people into what we found out was his shield, which is that little, the, the, the layer of fat he wears. Um, and, yeah, like, I mean, he, we get way into, like, more about him. I would, I'd like to know his history. Like, I'd, I'd like to go into that. But kind of going back to their fight, like, I mean, when Kirishima initially got hit, I was like, his arms are like, like, I mean, it looked like the decay thing, right? From, uh, yeah, I know. I thought like, I thought his arms were seriously injured, but it's just the, it's just the rock. Like, I like when he saw the red there, like, I'm like, is that like his muscle? Yeah, that's what or, I thought. Like, it was like muscle fiber. Yeah. I think it is, but he can just regrow his skin apparently as it hardens. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. a little unsure of some of the things there. But, I mean, clearly, it's like, oh, if it breaks, I can just, like, what he learned at the end, like, if it breaks, I just re-harden it. And yeah. that's what he did. Between every punch, he just re-hardened his skin. So, from what I've... Which is how that got over. Yeah, so, from what I've gathered from reading, like, uh, like Reddit and, like, the Crunchyroll comments and stuff like that, I guess in the manga, like, like it, they, they want to sell, really, how injured Kirishima is. And I guess they didn't really nail it on the head. Like, I mean, you and I both were like, holy shit. Like, he's, like, he's pretty banged up. But I guess in the manga, he's, like, significantly injured from this initial blow from Rappa. Yeah. Right? So, I think that's what they were really trying to drive the point home without getting too, like, nitty-gritty and stuff like that. Probably, like, I mean, they had to do an entire flashback and everything like that. So, you only had so much time to work with. I think that was probably one of the things, right? Uh, plus, Kirishima got his already initial really nice-looking Unbreakable still, so we know how yeah. look... It, I'm glad they didn't do that again. Yeah. That they didn't bring up all the time, like, hey, he went in Unbreakable. Like, this is a thing he can do now yeah. on command. Like, this is not a special move. This is when he needs it, he can go into this, and he can go beyond that even, which we kind of saw today. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like... Yeah, I could. I mean, you could definitely tell he was shaken because this is the first time we've ever seen like his hardened really breaking. We've seen it get close, but it's never actually broke on him. So obviously, like that was just like a shock to me. But yeah, I didn't ever take him as like he's gonna die. If he like if something yeah. doesn't like someone doesn't give him medical attention now, he's gonna die. Like he still seemed fine. Like obviously, we all expected him to go back into the fight at some point. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah, if there was supposed to be a big push of like how injured he was. I never got that life or death. I felt much more afraid of Amajiki. Yeah, Amajiki seems much more, much more like, much more intense and stuff like that. Like, I mean, with Kirishima, it was supposed to be more of like, like an emotional battle with Amajiki. He was actually getting the crap kicked out of him, right? So, I mean, but uh, yeah, let's go into like, let's go into the uh, the flashback, uh, the flashback a little bit because I think you and I talked about this before we started the show up, and we we're like, yeah, I just I want to lead with like, I don't think Kirishima's backstory is that great. I I mean, thinking more about it, I think that makes him a little bit more of a cool character. But, like, this overall theme of this flashback isn't anything special. I know you kind of had a couple of points there. But, yeah, he was literally an ordinary guy. No one expected anything out of him in high school until one day he couldn't save anyone. 
he watched a 30-second interview, and all of a sudden his entire life perspective changed because he knew he was behind, and he just dedicated to training and studying. Like, I'm sure in the manga there's probably more than all that too, and, like, there may be a little bit more explanation. But to me, it's like, he's like, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not a real hero. Like, I, I'm not. And, like, sure, we got the reassurance from uh, Crimson Ride that everyone's afraid. Everyone's afraid of dying. But is that really hearing that interview enough to mentally change someone so much that they can go from I guess no I guess it doesn't really because Kirishima still gets afraid in the heat of battle and he pushed through it this he time. pushed through it yeah. but I'm like it doesn't again it doesn't change who Kirishima is like he just worked harder and got into UA that's great but his entire flashback didn't really change anything about him mentally it's going back to the flashback and what's going on right now is what's changed yeah like, that was just all set up for him to get over the most emotional thing now when really nothing in his flashback changed except for he believed he actually had a chance for UA versus not going to Well, I think, I think the big thing it was is that I don't think he's really had the crazy emotional, like, uh, he hasn't had like a, a severe emotional strain since between those two incidences, right? Like, I mean, if you think of a lot of, like, the... The, uh, a lot of the they were attacked by villains multiple times. Yes, but he o- he also wasn't just by himself though. He was by he was with a crew of his classmates. There was a, like a like a powers and number kind of thing, right? This is just him and his like his his preceptor, right? The guy's really taking care of him. So like I think a big thing with that is is that like you know if like if Fakum dies, then it's, there's nobody to bail him out, right? It's just him, right? And I think the flashback. The point is is that I th- I what I've gotten really from the whole flashback altogether was. That Kirishima is a relic of the past. Kirishima is, like, his trope, his his quirk, everything like that is very dated. It's not flashy. Um, they make it seem like, like, like the most generic quirks, the more, like, very straight up and down quirks are not what people want anymore. Because as we know, the hero agencies, it's popularity. Popularity is a big thing, right? And with we, now we kind of have an idea of how old Crimson Riot really was. Because we, when they mentioned him with the first time when they were making names and stuff like that, like... Midnight knew who he was, and Midnight even called him old, right? Like, Midnight knew he was, like, a classic hero, right? But then we see him in, like, middle school and stuff like that. And, I mean, Crimson Riot's, like, a fully-aged dude at that point doing interviews and stuff like that, right? So, we actually don't, like, we know he's probably older than All Might, probably older than Endeavor. Like, he's, like, you know, he's the, again, he's, like, the first gen, probably, or second gen of heroes. Um, So, I think that's a big thing, is that, like, I mean, yeah, we talked about this, like, Kirishima's uh, flashback and his backstory and everything like that is very normal. It's very it's very basic. But Kirishima's a basic quirk. He's a basic trope. You know what I mean? So I think for him to really find that that solace in like somebody who is exactly like him, who is like you know, because they play again on the big thing where Deku and Bakugo both really say like you think without acting. Or you act without thinking. And, like, that's what defines a hero, right? Like, every pro hero talks about that. And that was Kirishima's big concern. That, I think, is what broke him. When, like, I mean, it's a really minor thing, too. Because the guy was literally just asking for direction. And he was just fucking terrifying, right? But other than that, though, it was that whole act without thinking thing, right? And he didn't do that. But to be reaffirmed by somebody who's so much like him that that is not a core component of being a pro hero, I think that... I, I don't know, man. To me, that's enough to, like, really support the whole mindset change and the whole like, work ethic change and stuff like that to know that you know this one key thing you were defining your entire future by has been you, you broke it yourself but to find out that that's not the be all end all from your from your idol you know what i mean i think that's a pretty big deal yeah i 
like I said, I, I don't want to get it wrong. Like mm-hmm. I think Kirishima is such an incredible character. Yeah. Like I've loved him more this season than ever. I really admire the character. It's just yeah, it's just everything about him is normal. So it's cool when he does have these really cool moments and all that. But yeah. I just feel like there could have been a little bit more to this flashback that would have really kind of sold it. I don't know what it is, and I understand yeah the. The uh, Crimson Riot being super old, they said like even his friends like that's a, that's like he's an old guy or yeah. something like that. Like it was an old reference to even them that he got that hollow puck when he was young, and it just now hits him now. And I, and don't get me wrong, like that whole scene of watching Crimson Riot talk and what he was talking about, like I, I yeah, that that's an emotional scene that got me worked up. And I and I, I understand hearing your hero like that say things like that can be a mindset change. It's just again that mindset change didn't go into effect back then. It went into effect now, mm-hmm. a year later. So the flashback was, I guess that's what a flashback's for. But it was just setting up what he's going through now. So it's those words that he heard just finally affected him now, a year later. Like it's just, just the concept of it. Yeah, seems a little weird. Like if I feel like if this would have happened a little bit more last time, like when his first episode where he got through that fear. If we kind of saw some of those flashbacks there of, like, him being afraid of dying. Like, if he made comments to like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And then um, they do that flashback to Crimson Riot talking, like, um, of course I'm afraid of dying. But knowing that I could have saved someone yeah. and having them die instead is a much worse pain. Like, that would have been such a cool moment because we think Kirishima is going to die in this moment. But it's a lesser pain in his mind because of what Crimson Riot said than letting the people around him getting hurt. Well, I feel like that's such a better, like, concept. Well, I mean... Because that's what went through his head. Like, watching other people die is worse than me. And sure, Fat Gum was going to die in front of him, but it's... Well, that's just I, it. I understand Fat- it applies to most, both effects, but I feel like this could have been done in his first episode and have been more impactful because like, the actual fighting of this episode wasn't that great. You don't think? There wasn't that much of it either. Well, I mean, it was, it was like, again, you have a hero that, like, has shock absorption being wailed on by a villain that we don't really know what his quirk is. We know he apparently uses his cor- their quirks against them. That was like his that was the shtick that we kind of said because they even said we weren't briefed on these guys. We don't know what they do, right? And they, by the sounds of it the eight bullets you don't actually know like they weren't nobody was really prepared going into them. But I mean, you kind of you kind of laid it out basically why it was happening. The the fear of seeing Fakum die was more powerful than Kirishima fearing for his own life. Right. Yes, but he already went through that whole scenario once with random people. No, yeah, he. But like, I mean, there was no connection, though, right? Like, I mean, like he was like he was more assessing for civilians and the potential yes. of them getting hurt, but not like. But I mean, like Fakum even was saying like, I'm probably gonna die if I don't absorb, like you know, if I don't have enough time to basically make my quirk work, right? So I mean, like they were really like, I mean, they were trying to make. I I know what you're saying. I know it wasn't as blatant but i mean like we don't we don't actually know if the the person that crimson riot saw die was a bystander was another hero was the person he was a sidekick under we don't know right like so i mean i think that's no yeah and i know i made a point for you in that like the more i think about it yes i made a Thanks, point buddy. for you <laughs> but at the same time like the same kirishima was kind of in the same situation twice but this time he actually ended up getting broke broke the last time he was um almost broke this time he did get he broke his like hardening. Last time there was random people. The time is fact. I'm like it's pretty much the exact same situation. Is all I'm saying 
but they applied the same logic to this one when it could have been applied to something earlier. And I understand this is a much more bigger emotional fact. There's more mm, time. Yeah. What else do you do in this episode? If not, um, I just feel like making that point now makes the whole thing with Kirishima's episode earlier a little weaker. Like, I don't know. Well, you got to remember, too, is that like a big, a big emphasis initially in what caused the emotional break from Kirishima was that the thing that he made happen, the crazy thing that he made happen that made him set himself apart from his very generic quirk, like, it just got taken out in one punch. And yep. that's what triggered. That's true. That's, that's a much more emotional, answer. right? And that's what triggered. That's what triggered. He's him. much closer to death. Yeah, and he said, like, you know, I thought I got stronger. I thought I was better, and then I just had that blown apart, right? Okay, I'm on board. You on board? With I'm no, I'm on board with it. The more I talk to my point, I'm definitely more on board with it being for this episode. Mm-hmm. But you kind of see. What no, I no, mean no, I that, do. Like, they're very similar situations, and like we only got a part of it. But I feel like you could have included that in with the first episode yeah and done something else here i, I, like I, I think you're right with that yeah. enough you could have cut out in that last episode and included part of this flashback because a lot of this flashback didn't really give us much it did a lot of no. this flashback could have been cut out oh well like i mean it basically resolidified that kirishima was a pretty normal generic you know quirk generic yeah. person right and he was a bit fearful and stuff like that and but that was really about it and again like i mean it, like I think it shouldn't take us talking about this cutscene in this flashback and everything like that, twenty eight minutes to flesh it out to understand why they put it there. You know what I mean? Like we just had a half hour conversation about basically why this cutscene was in that cutscene and what it means for it. Was it. Like ten. Well, I mean, you know what I mean, though, right? Like I mean, we're having like you, you like. I'm not saying you should get it delivered to you on a silver platter, but at the same time, you shouldn't have to have a very in depth conversation about why this cutscene was there for you know the reason. Yeah, but. But let's go forward. We're talking about how Unbreakable can re-solidify itself, which is what he was doing basically when he was getting in front of Fatgum, where basically he was just like, it, you know, it cracks, I harden, I reapply, I crack, I harden, I reapply, right? And he's basically like literally adding re- adding layers to himself while he's basically withstanding these blows. And the cool part was too, was where Fatgum was kind of slowly moving back from the shock absorber, Hiroshima literally just planted. And he like yeah. he like and it shows him like digging into the ground and stuff like that, right? And it it show it throws rap off, it throws Tenge off. They're both like, this kid is supposed to be breaking at this point, right? Like I mean, and he's not going anywhere. That's why the barrier goes up, everything like that, right? Yeah, you would have got a punch in exactly, right? He would have got because he went going, he went he went for a swing, right? And uh, yeah, so I thought that was really cool. And then we see, Daddy Fat Gum, Hot Gum, <laughs> Hot gum. yeah, Hot, like jacked ass cut blonde haired fat gum like i wasn't ready for this at all man like this i did not expect that like i kind of had like an idea of like as we started learning about his quirk i'm like okay like there's a like i i I, that's what i thought was going to happen like as he takes more punches and he gets weaker he gets skinnier like i could see that like it's a fat absorption Mm. so as he absorbs more his fat goes more and more but i thought it was kind of be like a tall skinny like lanky weird looking guy not a surfer bro well, with blonde hair. Yeah, and I guess they kind of talk about it too, where they're like, "Yeah, uh, like, well, he says he's like, I used to do martial arts back in the day. Like, I mean, like, he's got he's got martial prowess and stuff like that. But again, because of his quirk, he just doesn't look like he does, right? And he just rolls like, I mean, we literally see him like he rolls into the into the tunnel where they're at, right? But like, yeah, no. And then you like come to find like, I mean. I don't know how old Fatgum is. I don't know if we're, like, seeing him past his prime or in his prime or whatever. But, I mean, if this was, like, past his prime and we could have seen, like, 
Beckham in his prime where he was like this cut monster who reabsorbed like re like redistributed like muscle instead of fat. Like I don't know, man. I think it would have been sick. But I was really I was really happy with how they how they did him up. Like I was very, very happy. Like it was just like yeah. when he was getting the crap to do him and you see this like tuft of blonde hair come out, I was like, Alright, that's a little different. <laughs> like that's uh, yeah. that's not what I expected, but okay. So No, but yeah, again, as cool as that thing was, I feel like they didn't make a big like with like we got like the special scene like again that one Kirishima episode seemed so out of place compared to everything else mm-hmm. where every single move like had like its own like like freeze frames and stuff like that yeah like I was waiting for that with like fat gums like I don't even know if his move had like a name to it if it did, like it, it just the whole fight seemed underwhelming as cool as it was the flashback I loved happening but yeah it was literally a guy getting punched the entire time then Kirishima getting punched for a couple things. And then one big punch to blow them all away is what that entire fight was. But they're both shields, like yes, right. So I mean, and, but that, that's what the thing is. Oh, I'm yeah, like fact, I'm, I'm both. Like I can be a, a spear as well with yeah. this one big punch. But it's just like is it, that like that's got to be like his ultimate move. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, it, it probably, why don't we get a name? <laughs> it probably does have a name, but he, like I mean, the dialogue was centered around Kirishima, not so much you know Fakum himself, right? Like I mean. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, All Might, All, All Might's done it really, really well. Like, All Might has always like done, taught, like said his fucking his move name while protecting people and all that kind of stuff. I agree. Uh, but I mean, like again, like maybe Fatcom doesn't have a name for it. He's a pretty rough and tumble guy. Maybe he hasn't bothered, right? Like, who knows? Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> you put a name behind that, maybe a freeze frame. That's a cool, much cooler way. To I, think, I, I think. I think that is the last thing in the episode. Like, oh, they blow him away. Pretty much what happened in Amajiki's fight. Like, oh, everything looks bad. And then with one move, they win. But, I mean, isn't that the trope most of the time? I guess. Right? Like, like I mean, think, think, even think yeah, of it, even the All Might All for One fight. What is it? It's the one It's the one other punch, right? Like, I mean, that's all it is. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, that, like, like, that's Shonen, right? Like, I mean, that's that's like, that's like the... That's the oh, sh- no, I'm watching play Naruto right now. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shonen. It's the same thing, right? Like, I mean, it's like, that's the trope. But, I mean, it's like, how much can you add on to the trope or how much can you you know make the trope a little different right? so i think like i think they're doing a good job with this i don't know right but but i think that really touches on a lot of the main points of this episode is there anything else you want to bring up i know we talked so much about one topic but <laughs> that was a majority of the episode i, I mean think it was yeah. it was the biggest talking point no i think i think the 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 episode was kirishima centric and we kind of kept it to that we got into fact because he deserves the spotlight definitely get this man a freeze frame i'm sure i'll be seeing screen caps all over the internet about how good Fakum looks when he's not yes. when he's not big, but uh, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, really. Other than that, that's like I mean, I think we covered really everything. We got we've seen uh, Centipeter put some sort of spray up, so we know. What, oh yeah, yeah, we know what kind of their powers are, I guess. Besides just being a centipede, so yeah. All right, but with that, then let's move into our class notes section of the episode, where we'll begin with this week's plus ultra award. For those of you that do not know, this is our weekly award that we decide which character from each and every episode goes beyond all three of us will pick our own. Sometimes we all pick the same. Sometimes we're incredibly far off. We've been pretty good this season, and I yeah we have think we might be on the same page this week. But I'm you not start. Sure. You There's start. Only two characters. What? Like overall? That could really get it. I mean, from this one episode. Yeah, from this one episode, I mean. I guess so, yeah. But, I mean, like, I feel like it comes down to two. 
That's what I said, too. Oh, okay. I thought you said 22, and I was like, that's a lot of people. No, 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 two. <laughs> no, okay. It's two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I know it's been a while since I've gone first. Yeah, you go. So I will eat. I think it's Fat Gum. I know this was a Kirishima-focused episode, but Fat Gum ultimately took blows the entire episode to <laughs> yeah. keep the attention off of Kirishima and blew them away. Yeah. Yes, he wouldn't have been able to win the fight without Kirishima. Yeah. But Kirishima really only did He dropped thing the ball like episode. pretty hard, right? Yeah, he got blown away and then he had to be protected for 15 minutes and then he got blasted after blocking a couple of important punches. Yes. Yeah. But no matter what Kirishima would have done, they still would have lost the fight. So without Fat Gum, they didn't. And Fat Gum truly went beyond and literally changed his shape. Like a, it's like a Choji level moment. It, like, well, that's you just go from normal to You go from normal to hot. Yeah. And you go beyond. Yeah. So my I, I, I had a bit of a toss-up. I had a bit of a toss-up. And you're probably going to hate me because I was debating saying Crimson Riot. I was debating saying Crimson Riot because he was really the focus. I, I would prefer that over Kirishima. Oh, I, I wasn't going to say Kirishima. It was going to either be Fakum or Crimson Riot, right? Because Crimson Riot was really like the big deciding like snapping point in Kirishima's mind like this dude like these very influential words net with now that I think about it if the hollow thing was from when he got it when he was a kid in in like grade school dude's old dude is old dude is like Gran Torino old you know what I mean like so um but I still gotta give it to Fatcom I can't not give it to Fatcom right I think I think Crimson Ride's definitely a, a solid runner-up slash contender but yeah, I think Fakum gets it for the all the points you made, man. He got he got the crap kicked out of him for fifteen minutes. He was a really good mentor, and then he got super hot. Like, what what more do you want, right? Yeah, there, there's literally nothing more you could ask for an anime after. I really can't. No, that, that is, like they hit all the boxes. Very happy. Good job. Well, let's talk about <laughs> next week's episode and see if they can follow it up with another great episode with episode nine of season four, titled Temp Squad. The rest of the group continues to on continues on to try and save Aerie and capture Overhaul. Mimic again has started um, causing problems and a new maze, which I feel like is just going to keep happening every other yeah, episode. It feels much. like now at this point, um, Deku is determined to keep moving forward, but right towards the end, he makes a reference to "Why are you guys here?" Which, aka, means a League of Villains will be appearing in the next episode more than likely. We really don't see much reaction. I'm assuming there'll be some kind of fighting, or at least. Maybe a setup for a fight. I don't know what next episode's going to look like. It looks like it's kind of a setup episode in the middle of a combat like arc. Yeah. So but, like I, after I watch the preview, I'm like, I think I'm going to be bored next week. I think. Yeah, I'm not going to be happy with next week. Yeah. I have a feeling that yeah, like maybe they get rid of Mimic. I could see that kind of being something, but that's ultimately Aizawa just like catching him out of the wall. Yeah. And the League of Villains probably come rolling at the end. Like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah, and that's probably where we'll So, end. I mean, like, if we get an Aizawa-centric episode, I'll be kind of happy with that. Because, I mean, Aizawa needs some love. I don't even know how eccentric it'd be. I think it'd just be like, oh, five minutes of it. Like, Aizawa figuring out how to be smart enough to stop this guy. Yeah, and then finding him. And, 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 him. and then, yeah, they beat the crap out of him, right? So, because, I mean... I mean, I don't want to be down on it. Because they've... I mean, all these episodes have been really good. Even the ones that look like they might not be great. But yeah. coming off of two combat-heavy episodes, coming into kind of a setup one could... It's probably down d- the energy. It's probably due, but though. Needed. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, that being said, though, I want to touch on something really quick about Mimic because he's still. Remember, he like injected himself, and we saw the shelf life of that, like, or that, like, the the half life of that drug was pretty short, right? Because I mean, Kirishima fought a dude who was dealing with it, and you know, it wore off in the time they were fighting, right? Now, maybe this is like a more refined drug. Maybe the half life isn't nearly as short. Um, but like, Mimic's been going ham for like. How long? Like, 
well, no, two whole fights. Think, but you gotta think the Amajiki fight happened while they were continuing on. So like, oh, Amajiki yes. could have been fighting while they were running. The Fatcom fight could be happening while they're in the maze. Like you need to think like yeah, this, this could have all happened within three minutes. Like yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like true. it could have all been going on. Like again, you mean you gotta think. Ten minutes of that episode was a flashback. Uh, so that entire yeah, fight was probably yeah, like four or five minutes. Even with the Amajiki fight, it was like ten minutes of it was a flashback, right? Like I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. Like these fights aren't that long. And again, I do probably agree that it's probably a more refined version of the drug. Yeah. But also, you need to think this is all happening simultaneously. That's kind of what always happens in these episodes. Like, oh, it's a big group. You all break off and do your own you little fight. You keep fights. moving on. Yeah. And they all end like at the normal same time normally. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Right. I do want to get like. The circle back really quick. I do want to give credit to Amajiki because Amajiki was like, I got to catch up back up with them. I did my job, but I only took out three. Like, I, I don't know, man. I think, it, like, Amajiki needs some more love, man. That character's great. He needs more screen time. He's gotten a lot of love this season. I agree, though. I think he'll, he'll be a major character going forward. I, clearly, it's clearly here, him and Mirio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the third. I, I still forget the third big three's names because we never see mention to her, really. She's still fighting at the gates with that big dude. Like, I mean, like, that's it. Maybe maybe they come in like after at towards the end of this episode when the League of Villains come in because you got to think there's only like seven heroes left and at least seven members of the. Um, I know overhaul League of Villains. Uh, overhaul killed off one, so like yeah. <laughs> well, I know, but there's still Dobby and. Well, uh, we Dobby wasn't in the last flat like the last interaction. Okay, just because he wasn't in that one episode doesn't mean he couldn't show up here. I, I'm. You know what I mean? I'm bet I'm willing to bet that Dobby's not there. I will put money on Dobby not being there. We'll see next week. Okay, sounds because good. Because we are at the 40-minute mark. We've gone through everything. I think this is a good point to kind of wrap up before we talk too much about next week's episode, which is what next week will be for. But, again, thank you all so much for attending this week's class session of uh, Class 1A. Um, next week, we'll continue on with the show. And then the following week, again, just as a reminder, will be a week before we follow up with two episodes the following week. And then also make sure to check out popedoff.com and twitter.com slash pop underscore off for all of the updates on the podcast and other hype content that we do make. Yeah, let your friends know about the Class 1A podcast and hit us with that five-star review on whatever podcasting platform that you listen on, be it Spotify, be it Apple Music, or Apple Podcasting, um, Podbean Podcast, whatever. You're getting there. I'm getting there. One of these days. <laughs> but thank you all so much. This will be the end of this week's class. You are all dismissed, and we will see you next week.